do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. Is it too loud? Yes. Um, but it needs to be loud, otherwise the listeners can't hear it. So loud. Um, welcome to Zen Parenting Radio. What's Zen Parenting Radio? It's a podcast. What's the problem, Beavis? Is it still too yeah, loud? it's so loud. Like you're, It's like you're screaming in my ear. Is that better? No, now I can't hear anything. Is that better? No, I can't hear. A little more. That better? That's about right. Good. Thank you. Production snafus. Happens to the best of us. But um, not a snafu. We fixed it. Right, but we fix it on air. Usually you want to fix those before <laughs> we record, but I'm too lazy to go back and cut it out. <laughs> so what's in Parenting Radio's podcast where you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? I do. And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we're going to tell a story, maybe two, about... Parenting our children, which sometimes we don't do on our parenting podcast. <laughs> Actually, we usually don't. Sometimes on our parenting podcast, we forget to talk about parenting, but not really because it all relates. Yes, it's all interrelated. Um, and then, what are my other notes? Paradox. Paradoxes, uh, siblings, they already talked about that. Um, and then we do want to have a little dedication to um, an actor who is no longer with us. Is this the right version? It's it's the radio version. Oh, where's the girl that's supposed to be singing? That's the, that's the version. This was the song that was like on the top 40. That's terrible. You got to have the girl. I know. That's right. Um, so uh, Alan Thicke passed away. Uh-huh. Sorry, Alan Thicke. Well... It's interesting because you and I just started watching This Is Us, and I'm sure a lot of you who watch what is This Is Us? Sweetheart? This Is Us is a TV show on NBC. Okay, that's, that's pretty good. We're not we're only like three or four in, so so don't tell us what happens. Um, but Alan Thicke was just on an episode, like, and he looked good, and I yeah. think he was in good health, and then he, he just was he had a heart attack. Just had a heart attack. So I pulled up this clip um, because Jason Seaver was one of my favorite, one of our earliest podcasts. We did favorite TV dads. Yeah, I don't know if Jason Seaver made my cut. I know um, uh, the Wonder Years dad. Wonder Years, dad. you love the Wonder <laughs> Years dad. That guy is just so like beat down and grumpy. I love that dad. And you love we love the Keaton yes. dad. Uh, Michael Keaton? No, no. What does he say? No, not Michael Keaton. Is uh, it Keaton? Wait, Alex P. Keaton. Alex so P. Keaton. yes, and it was Elise Keaton. Elise Keaton. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you and I. Our brains. Our brains. 45. Empty. <laughs> Knock, knock, knock. Um, he, the scene is where Chunk from Goonies is out there, um, and uh, the, the, it takes place in Ohio. So Mr. Keaton uh-huh. was watching the Ohio State football game, and he just <laughs> wanted to watch the Ohio State football game. And he and Chunk from Goonies comes in because he's like the nephew or something. Yeah. And he goes, you know, just go away. I'm watching the football game. And he's like, but I'm all done doing what I was doing. He's like, what were you doing? He's like, I was frying ants with my magnifying glass outside on the sidewalk. And he goes, keep doing that. (laughs) (laughs) He just wanted to watch the football game. Keep doing that. Um, So here's a quick, um, it's a parenting moment from the TV show Growing Pains. And I feel like it's a good lesson. Oh, and good. out of respect for um, Jason Seaver is the character's name that Alan Thicke played. Uh, ben is on his bed and Mr. Seaver, his dad, is talking to him. And uh, it's just a quick father-son chat. Okay, go for it. Look, when I told you that cheaters never win, Ben, I thought that was all you needed to know. But there is a lot more to it. Because uh, cheaters do win. 
Not only do they win, they win cash. <laughs> Sometimes it's even bigger than that. Sometimes they win gold medals at the Olympics. On a rare occasion, they even win the White House. Dad, I'm not following this. I mean, if you can cheat and get away with it, then what's wrong with it? Man, the way you see cheating really depends on how you understand the whole world. I don't understand it at all. I got a D in science, remember? <laughs> Look, uh, why are we on this earth, Ben? What's the point of our lives? You know, I mean, we all have to make a choice. You either see things as order or chaos. And if you see the world as chaos, then, uh, then there's no point in life at all. You know, nothing matters. Then we're all just a bunch of people running around. We're bumping into each other, having fun, making noises till we die. We're just taking up space, Ben, and I can't believe in that. But look, if you see the, if you see the world as having order, Ben, then uh, there's a reason to everything. There's a reason to get up in the morning. There's a reason to make something of your life. There's a reason for learning, Ben. It all fits together. And if learning is important, then cheating is wrong. Even when you get away with it? Well, what's getting away with it? Not getting caught. Which means? Getting an A. So, so what does the A mean? Ten bucks. But, but so what does it mean you've learned? Nothing. Well, then you've, you've been cheating for nothing. Yes. What's the point in it? Does there have to be a point? Yes, better. there's kids. <laughs> so you're saying there should be a point in what I'm doing all the time? Yes. I don't think I like being talked to as an adult. <laughs> This is uh Wow, Todd. Pretty good, right? How'd you find that? I just did a YouTube search and it was it's really you know, talk about apropos apropos to just what we do as parents. Like, you know, first of all the the realism, yeah, sometimes cheaters win. Oh yeah, they do. They do. And Jason does a good job of breaking it down with his son Ben. Well, and I think that's kind of the conversation that we have with our kids is that our kids have all probably had experiences by now on a grand stage and also in their their lives, like their daily lives where they see someone who gets away with things or cheats or lies or whatever it may be and they're like but that's not the way the story should play out. But the truth is we can only see pieces of this puzzle. Right. Like that person um, or people who are not making the good choices. Um, they may not in that situation right. have any kind of obvious um, repercussion, but we don't know what their own internal struggle is. We don't know what comes next. We don't know what came before. Right. And it's not about, you know, it's funny. I posted something a week or two ago, and all I was having one of those days where I was just getting frustrated about things I was reading and feelings I was having. And I posted something that just said emotional leadership. Mm. And I don't remember what I wrote exactly. Um, it was something on Facebook, but I said something to the effect of people, we have to quit pointing fingers and saying, but they're not doing it. And he didn't say it. And my husband didn't tell me I looked nice or my husband didn't show up and apologize first, or my child didn't have gratitude. So, or my boss didn't recognize this. So I'm not going to. And you guys, leaders go first. If we want to lead, then we have to be willing to make the choice that we want everybody else to make. Mm -hmm. We don't just get to show up and say, I'll do it when everybody else does it. Who's going to start? Somebody has to start. Nothing happens till something moves. And a lot of that is, you know, like even spousal relationship stuff. And when they get transactional, like, well, she's not doing this for me. So why would I do this for her or whatever like that? It's such a lower love. It's such a low vibration of thinking. Yeah. It's so like no one deserves anything unless I get it first. Yeah. And what I love about my age is I recognize, and it's interesting just tying this back into Jason Seaver's comment, 
is that on my vision board, by the way, I completely rehauled my vision board. Have you looked at it yet? No, I haven't looked at it Everything has changed. Like I I feel like there's so many directional things that I've changed. There's so many emotional experiences I've had that have have taken, even part of the conference has changed. You know, like we're we're like shifting in, in, in our tone and the language we're using. And it's all good stuff, you guys. It's not, it's not like we're going having a poor tone now. Right. Everything is still at this high vibration and very optimistic and hopeful and and but you know, on my vision board, one of the things I have really big in the middle is create meaning. Create meaning for yourself. Don't look around and ask everybody to create meaning for you or to do things so then you feel good about the meaning of things. Right. You have to create meaning. So when you make choices, that I am going to withhold or I am going to gossip or I am going to not call this person back because they didn't call me back last week or I am going to yell at my child because my child doesn't, you know, just by the way I'm talking, do you hear that lower vibration of create meaning for yourself? How do you want to feel? How do you want to feel about your choices? What do you think your choices, how, how will they ripple out? What is your belief system? You have to create your own meaning. So sure, maybe you could win if you cheat. Maybe you could have a person call you because you withhold love from them. But what did you earn? Right. It, it's like it's like strong arming people, and I don't find great meaning in that. Well, and it's a lot of short term, long term thinking. Like you know, if all I could say is I cheated on a test before, and I would say majority of the people out there sure. at one point or another, growing up sure. in school whatever you hide your folder underneath or something just yeah. something i did it I'd, I'd be lying if i didn't say it but it's short-term long-term thinking like would my life be better if i just got an a on this test instead of a b and you know the short-term thinking is yes because then i'll get an a or whatever mm-hmm. but really in the long term does that a really matter that much to right. begin with and if i just would prepare myself a little bit better for the test and truly understand the information as opposed to you know, being a cheater, you know, I, I just well, think it's it's kind of like when the way we parent. It's are we going to parent in the specific moment to get our own needs met? Which which what I mean by that is yelling at our kids so they'll shut up in that moment, or am I going to have a conversation that takes a little bit longer and the uh, and it, it, a little more emotional energy? How are you going to decide to go about it? And uh, when we don't have the energy, we do the shortcut and it ends up biting us in the butt anyways. Well, and what you just said, you know, about, you know, I cheated and could I have studied more or could I have, um, I don't know exactly what you said, but something effective if I would have spent more time. And I would take it a layer below and say, when you cheat, you may get the outcome you're looking for and maybe you didn't want to study, but how do you feel about yourself? Right. And you may say, oh, I don't care. You know, it doesn't make any difference. Baloney. The, the essence of you. I call BS right. on that because, and I have a lot of people, acquaintances, really good friends who are like that, who are like, nothing bothers me, and I don't care, and I don't Baloney. There, we all have a dark night of the soul, and when I say that, I don't mean it's just one night. I'm using that as kind of a, how do you really feel when you look in that mirror, and you know that whatever you got was because you cheated, lied, or were hateful. How do you feel? And some people have numbed themselves out enough where they're not feeling it anymore. Well, and we practice yoga and at the end of every yoga practice, they say namaste. And the translation of namaste is the light or the good in me sees the light and the good in you. Every single one of us has that light. Of course. And so when somebody says, oh, it doesn't bother me. I cheat on my test, whatever it does. There is a part of you where your light is getting diminished. 
and it does affect you. Yeah, it does. It hurts. And so then we blame other people for our pain, yeah. even though we're creating the internal pain. And we may say, well, no, this person 10 years ago started the pain. Right. They said the things to me. I was emotionally abused. I was all, you know, that's where it began. But then there's a point when you got to take the reins mm-hmm. and you got to say, am I going to perpetuate? What someone else did to me yesterday, 10 years ago, you know, 20 years ago, yesterday at work. Like, we've got to decide, am I going to continue that? You've got to find your own meaning. And as we're going to get to, I'm not saying it's simple. Mm -hmm. That's why we're going to talk a little about paradox. Okay. Because everything can exist at once where something can be hard but necessary Mm -hmm. um, or impossible but doable. You know, that paradox of... Before you get to the paradoxes, let's do, um, we'll talk about Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. I missed my appointment last Wednesday. I know. And you didn't. I didn't. I had my tribe meeting. I'm actually going to talk a little bit about my tribe meeting on this podcast about um, the topic because it falls into what we we talked about. But anyways, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Um, The website is chirotree.com. Check out Dr. Kelly if you are into... um, being a healthy, happy person because that's what she helps us become. So com. Thank you, Dr. Kelly. And then um, conference briefly. Sure. Okay. Just a few things, guys. Got some 2017 highlights for you here. Okay. First of all, Wednesday, January 18th, 2017, Todd and I are screening Newtown. For those of you um, who don't know what Newtown is, it's a documentary about Newtown. That's where Sandy Hook is, elementary school. The movie is not about what happened that day. It's about how the community handled their grief afterwards, how they bonded together and helped each other. I find that very inspiring and empowering because if there's anything that I think I can learn some things from these people, okay? So um, that is Wednesday, January 18th. Go to our website, zenparentingradio.com, click on events, and you'll see where you can get tickets. And it's free. It's completely free, but you do need tickets Mm -hmm. because we have a very limited seating because it's at the Elmhurst Public Library. That's the first thing. Second thing, February 4th. Todd and I are keynote speakers for Parent University in Western Springs. It's their 20th annual parent university. Wonderful. So it's kind of a, what's that called? An anniversary of sorts. Yeah. And we're the keynotes and we're going to be talking about empathy, mindfulness, and self-awareness and how those all fit together in parenting. You guys who listen, you already know this, but it's always interesting to talk about mm-hmm. how they all overlap and, uh, you know, connect to each other. How do they, how do, if people want to go to that, how do they do that? Same thing. Go to zenparentingradio.com uh-huh, and go to events and you can click on there and you awesome. can register for the conference. So okay. everything's in the same place. Third thing, of course, our big, big event is um, our Let's Get Real Zen Parenting Radio Conference. It is February 24th and 25th. Um, Todd and I work all year for this conference. We're so excited. Um, We have Rob Bell. We have Rosalind Wiseman. We have Ali Smith. Todd and I are speaking on Friday night. We have fantastic people coming. Uh, People are taking advantage of this opportunity to bring your teen. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that we're offering this this month, which is December, is if you want to bring your teen, which we recommend. I think the message is just as vital for them as anybody else. Um, You basically only pay $50. So you cover your ticket, and then it's an extra $50 for them. So you're saving $250. Okay, so this we're doing it this month. So 
think about that. Yep. If you are like, nope, I'm just coming on my own or with a friend, um, if you use coupon code DEC, which is the you know December, but lowercase DEC, you'll get um, $25 off. Makes for a wonderful Christmas present for you or your partner. Yes, or together, like something that you can be like, in 2017, we're going to do this together. Or a friend that, you know, if you're out of town, if you're not from Chicago, you're like, you know what, my friend and I are going to meet there, we're going to do this together. You're going to leave feeling wonderfully you by will. yourself. Um, and then one of our partners is Comprehensive Clinical Services. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Martinez is a friend and he's sponsoring the conference and they do all sorts of different clinical therapy uh-huh. located in Lombard. So their website is discoverccs.org. Thank you, Dr. Martinez and all the teammates over at Comprehensive Clinical Services. Okay. All right. Uh, paradoxes. You want me to start or you want to start? Um, well, did you want to start about the information about the parenting things, or would you rather I start with Paradox? Um, oh, so just real quick, Kathy is really good at being patient with our daughters, much more so than I am. And there's times when our daughters need some structure and need to be listened to, and we have sometimes issues that drive us nuts as parents. I just talked about syrup and waffles last week. Yeah. You know, something about waffles. It always kind of shows up, no matter how <laughs> old our kids get. But uh, last Friday, we went out, and um, you were trying to make something fun because our oldest daughter was going to be kind of babysitting for a few hours. And you went in like, hey, here's here's the plan. We're going to get pizza. And Well, yeah, so basically what happened was, just like Todd said, we were going out, and because... Um, my my girls were doing me a favor by like not making plans and hanging at home and and I shouldn't say they were doing me a favor. That's like the wrong. Well, language. we had a, well, we had a nine year we have a nine year old that obviously can't be home by herself. And we have a thirteen year old who usually yeah, likes so to go out on Friday nights. Right, yeah, there's and, a sacrifice and, there. But but I also believe that it wasn't really like oh will you do this? It was like you have to. Yeah, we like, need we had to set. We need that, your help. Right. And so because I understood that everyone was sacrificing a bit, I said, you know what, you guys. You tell me what you want for dinner. Like, I'll order pizza for you. Because usually Todd and I are kind of frozen pizza peeps. We're like, you know, we don't order out that much. We're on a budget. And so I was like, I will order pizza. Well, what ensues is an argument about where the pizza is going to come from. Yeah. And I was already kind of had had a long day and I knew I had to go out socially that night. So I just struggled. And I was like frustrated. And here's what I did. I said, oh, my gosh. And I walked out. Mm-hmm. Okay. You walked away. <laughs> walked away. Now, many of you will say, oh, but, you know, that was a good choice, whatever. But I often talk to my girls about, because they'll get in an argument and just walk away from each other. Yeah. And I'll say, maybe try something else instead of walking away. Maybe mm. try a different avenue where you can keep the conversation going or ask a different question or listen or, you know, first uh, seek to understand, then to be understood. That's a Stephen Covey. You know, try something different rather than just leaving and slamming your door. Now, I didn't slam a door, but I definitely left. And I left because what I realized is I really wanted the validation of them being like, thank you. Like, I felt... You went in with the expectation that they'd be like, sweet, sweet we're getting yeah. Blue Malnati's or whatever it is. And you left frustrated because they couldn't agree on which one to get or what the topping was or which restaurant to get it from. And you... I was got, annoyed. You were annoyed. I was kind of like, give me the satisfaction. Here's the self-awareness that in that moment, I was just annoyed, period. Walked away, frustrated. But I, after, you know, five minutes passed, I... The, the truth that bubbles up for me is I wanted the satisfaction of them saying, thank you so much. Right. Oh, my gosh, that's just so great. And we are just so excited. And I went in there 
offering the pizza, but really looking for some kind of validation for me. So that is, was kind of funny because I was like, all, they wouldn't have cared if we would have frozen pizza. Do you, mm-hmm. know what I, you know what I mean? I created that scenario. Yeah. And so here's what I did. I said, and, and actually probably 30 minutes went by because I had to blow dry my hair or whatever. And I said, girls, come in the bathroom with me while I'm getting ready. And they came in. I said, listen, I am sorry that I walked away because I always tell you guys to not. And I totally just did. You called yourself out. Totally. And I said, and the reason I walked away was because I was frustrated and I really wanted you guys to be excited about the fact that I was ordering you pizza. And instead it became a, an argument that I had to sit and listen to and then had to figure out when I was trying to like get some kind of like, you know, gratitude for what I was doing. Now, here's the thing, you guys. I didn't say, okay, this is all my fault. I'm the problem. I said, I, even though I know that that's how I went in, do you guys understand that when someone is trying to offer you something, to have that awareness to step back enough yourself and be like, oh, this is an opportunity. Keep your eye on the ball and and have a little bit of gratitude. Gratitude. And so while I fully take responsibility for the fact that I was the one looking for the like pat on the back of me doing something great for you, I also want you guys, like Todd said, to keep your keep your eyes and heart and mind open to the fact that when someone comes in and offers you something they don't normally, instead of getting all caught up in your need. Yeah, their own selfish need. Just take a minute and think, oh, this could be good and we could probably settle on something together because pizza is not too tough, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, we're not talking about ordering off a very long menu. Yeah. It's pizza from this place, that place, or this place. And so, and there was some nods. Well, and like, I, and the reason I wanted you to tell the story is, you know, first of all, you nor me nor anybody is a perfect parent, and you no. uh, dealt with that situation uh, in a way that you rarely do, which mm-hmm. is you kind of walked away and were mad. I was annoyed, yes. And you don't do that very often. Some parents are like, oh, I always do that. Well, you happen not to. So when you did, what you did was you called yourself out a little bit, not shaming yourself oh. at all. What's my role in this situation? Yeah. I don't need to work that out in front of them. I did that away from them. What's my role? Because I was so triggered by it. Now, you guys are going to be like, this is so small. This is about pizza. But you guys, we got to do the hard work on the small things. Because then when the big things come, we're much more aware of what we're doing. Small things like pizza are the practice. It's like the going, you know, if you're in a marathon, you wake up every morning and go for a run. Yeah. That's not your marathon, but you're practicing for the marathon. Right. In these small situations, if you can recognize your role and what energy am I bringing to this? And the energy that I was bringing was, I want some kudos. Yeah. And I am Pat coming me in, on the back. I am coming in to feel better about myself for going out and having you stay home. And so the way that I'm going to feel better is I'm going to give you this thing. So that's, that's uh, important to pause there for a second. You were trying to make yourself feel better because you... You know, force everybody the, to sacrifice. Force the hand of kids to sacrifice, which we rarely do on Friday nights. Right. They had a long week of school. That's and, usually their time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we were kind of taken away from that. So you wanted to make yourself feel Correct. better, and it backfired. And your, you know, your plan backfired, and you needed to take some awareness, some some responsibility about what your role was. My role. Yeah. Now, the important part is, is that I do take responsibility for my role and I could look them in the eye and say, here's exactly what I was looking for and here's what happened. At the same time, not but, because the but takes away from what I just said. Yeah. It's simultaneously, 
can you recognize that when someone is offering you a gift, that maybe instead of getting all caught up in your own need, you actually look at each other and say, oh, how can we do this together? I mean, isn't this what we're trying to teach our kids, the world? Well, you know, how do we how do we come up with something together? What's weird is the end result is we we've, we've worked it out in a way, but I still not not everybody got everything they no. wanted that night. But and I didn't know you had that conversation. But when I came downstairs, they were surprisingly grateful. Yes, they were chill. They were, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know whatever you did, it, and it was a it was an authentic sense of gratitude. Well, anytime if that wouldn't have been addressed, then I would have left in a huff, which we've all done. Like, I'm just going to get away from them and they can just sit in the shame of me being upset, yes. which is what a lot of us do. That's called passive aggressive behavior. Yeah. Okay. So you got to own it and you leave them and we get in the car and we go, oh, I just can't stand them. And they're, so then they have to stew. Mm-hmm. They have to marinate in either their anger at you or their shame that they're feeling for themselves. And then it just becomes something that it's not. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it becomes bigger than it needs to be. And then you get home and then Maybe in the morning you pretend it never even happened. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, oh, hi, everybody. Oh, you know, and then all of a sudden everyone's kind of pussyfooting around each other. Yeah. Like, is everybody now on the same page? Yeah. And it's never addressed. Yeah, and there's a weird gradual adjustment where you just kind of get, like, it, it never yes, gets addressed. Never and there's gets a addressed. weird gradual adjustment that you kind of finally fall back into where you were before. But there's still a you know, an Eckhart word, a pain body, something that got suppressed that never really got addressed. It's a, I think a false message is given. I think that for kids, they're like, my mom is disappointed in me. She's angry at me. Um, You know, I'm a bad person or my mom sucks. Mm -hmm. My mom is unfair. I don't know which way kids are going in their head. It could be, I could be the problem or they could be the problem. They're internalizing or externalizing. Whatever it is, it's not really important enough to allow that to, to marinate. And the message that they got was um, mom didn't deal with this as well as she thought she should have. So she owned it. And I don't know if you, did you apologize? Oh, I absolutely. I took responsibility. You took responsibility. And these are the things that we want to teach our kids. We want them to take responsibility. Uh The only way for our kids to learn that is to see it which means we need to role model it. Whereas a lot of other parents would be like, no, you got to walk away in a huff because kids need to get used to disappointment and that's just the way it is. But see, they still ended up with disappointment because not everybody got what they wanted and they didn't want to disappoint me, but I'm also not going to leave them with the impression that I can't handle my own emotions. Right. Which is, I was frustrated and I did leave and I did blow dry my hair by myself and take my own time. It's not like I was Sweetie, you checked yourself before you wrecked wrecked yourself. And then, but I said, okay guys, come in here. And I look them in the eye. Yeah. I turn around and say, here's what, here's my deal. Why so, is it important to look them in the eye? Because I'm owning it. When you're talking to somebody, look them in the eye. Yeah. If you're like looking down and like, well, I don't know, there's almost like a disconnect. Mm-hmm. You know, has anyone ever apologized to you while looking down yeah. and you're like, hello? It's a BS apology. Or has anyone tried to tell you something really serious while looking the other way? Yeah. And just so you guys know, and I think, Todd, maybe you'll recognize this in me. Because of my empath pieces, and everyone's got empath, but because I kind of feel things pretty heavy from people, when I am talking serious with people, I will often look them in the eye and then look away and then look back. Yeah. And that is because sometimes it's I take in too much at once. Yep. So for those of you who are like, well, you mean I can't look away? Well, of course you can. But your intention is to face them head on, even right. if it's just body language. Um, but I definitely look away to get a breath and then come back because staring at someone too long is is heavy right you know point is you guys again it's about pizza but 
It's the practice. It's how do I want to leave my kids that night with them feeling shameful and mad at me and with me being like, I won, you guys suck? Mm -hmm. Or do I want to leave giving them a hug and saying, thank you for being here tonight. Right. Appreciate your sacrifice. I'm about to go out and see you later. Yeah. And leave on that note where I'm I'm feeling balanced again. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the whole, I'm going to go you know, hold the grudge. Yeah, sit in that. Because I'm the one who loses, yeah. not because I'm like such a great person, but because you're gonna I'm feel, selfish. I don't want to feel that yeah, way. Yeah, you're going to feel like crap for the next few hours. If you leave the house with this up, this this frustration that was built up. And then to come home and pretend everything's okay, I feel like is really painful for children because then they don't know how to resolve it for themselves. Mm. They just think you've jumped over it. Yeah. And then they learn how to do that. You teach them that... That's a little bag that you're handing to them. We talk about carry your own bags. And the bags that we don't pick up and carry, we pass on to our kids. And then they got to figure out how to carry them. This is what you did that night. And then we'll move on. What you did that night was you carried your own bag. And a lot of us parents, we end up without any intention at all... If we can't handle it, we throw it to our kids without even knowing you're doing any of it. And then our kids got to carry it and deal with it. So, And the bottom line is, you guys, because this is always my bottom line with my family and my friends, the most important thing to me is the relationship. That also means with myself. So I have to stay in my integrity. I don't walk around making everybody happy and then not have any of my own integrity or, or self um Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I, I take care of myself first. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, the best I can. Obviously, there are days when I do it better than other days. But for the most part, I'm trying to keep, maintain a relationship with myself and with everybody else. And to do that, there are certain things that are more important to me than others. Right. I don't need to win. No. I don't, I am also not going to sacrifice myself, but I don't need to win. I think we can all give a little bit. And the, and how, this is emotional leadership. How do you teach your kids to recognize their challenges? You recognize yours. There you go. Um, our second partner is John J. Kelly Dentistry. He's going to start helping our youngest daughter, our nine-year-old, with uh, her own facial development, which has a lot to do with uh, her teeth, but not only her teeth or airway. So John Kelly is an expert in the Chicagoland area. We encourage you to check him out if you have any kids in that brace age. Because orthodontic time. Orthodontic mm-hmm. time. He's the man. So uh, his website is chicagodentistonline.com. And one thing I wanted to mention, I forgot we had a few uh, Zen friends that I did not yet announce. Sweetie, what is a Zen friend? A Zen friend is a part, it's part of our conference because we want to offer scholarships and discounts to as many people as we can. So people who want to be at the conference and can come. So we're asking our listeners and people who support Zen Parenting Radio to become a Zen friend and donate money to the conference so people can attend. And so there are people who are buying tickets and then also donating. And there are people who cannot come to the conference, but are giving money to make sure others can. And that's what we, we just really are in deep gratitude of anybody who does that. So anyways, um, our two Zen friends, actually three are Dominique and Tony Molina. Yes. They, we Lovely met them people. at, um, at the conference last year. And then Angela Bauman, who I don't know. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Angela. So if you're interested in supporting us in that way, there's many different ways you can support us, but this is one of them. So And actually you're supporting others. 
That's right. Really, you're you're allowing maybe a teacher or, you know, a dad or a mom who is like, there's no way I can cover that ticket cost to get there um, and or a teen, mm -hmm. you know, uh, to get to the conference. So you're supporting them. So the way you do it is go to zengetsreal.com mm -hmm. and just click on uh, register. Even if you're not registering for the conference, that's the spot where you can uh, give. So uh, that's the deal. So do we want to talk about paradoxes or my little family Christmas thing or both? What's your family Christmas thing? How you, you know, recognizing your patterns. We're all going into Christmas Eves. And Can you incorporate that into the paradox? Sure. I just don't know who wants to start. I'll start. All right, go ahead. So first of all, Todd and I love paradoxes. We love talking about things that are, it's just so you guys know what a paradox is. Um, from the Greek word, para, which means beyond, and doxa, which means belief, beyond belief. I okay. thought it meant like a pair of du of ducks. Pair, you know like what? two You're ducks. You're so close. Are you sure that that's not it? I'm pretty sure. Paradox. Paradox. Oh, paradox. Yes. Got it. D-O-X. No, I was a little confused So there. confused. No wonder you have a hard time when I bring them up to you. That's right. Um, a little cheese. That's a little cheesy joke I just did. That was really bad. Yeah. I was going to say something like, that's why you quack when I bring it up. <laughs> and I thought, that's just so Your bad. cheese would have surpassed my yeah. cheese. So I just didn't say it, even though I just told yeah, everybody else. You have else a filter in your brain, yeah. which I'm still working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. So anyway paradox. Um, one of my favorite paradoxes is the better you take, the more time you give to yourself, the more time you'll have for your family. We say that all the time. It's like one of the greatest parenting paradoxes ever because it doesn't make sense. But it seems beyond belief, but it's the truth. Yeah. Because the more that you give to yourself and the more time you offer to yourself, the more filled up you become, the more energetic you become. Therefore, you have more for your family. So this is how paradox works, right? And I love them because here's the thing, you guys. Everything is a paradox. Everything. There is nothing, there are very few things that are absolute. Like absolute, like love is absolute, but even within love, there's paradox. Because you know what? Love sometimes means yes, and love sometimes means no. Right. And so it's like, well, how can that be? If, yeah. And this is what we have to understand in life, is for everybody who's just so black and white and absolute, you've got to open the door and allow for that room to recognize a different way of seeing it. I'll give you an example. So they're all so good. I just don't know which. Oh, how about this one, Toddy? Here's a paradox, you guys. The more you try to control, the less control you have. Yeah. And when I heard that one, I just remember a Wayne Dyer, whatever book that I read. And it's like when you if you're trying to hold water, the way to do that is to cup your hands Correct. so you can hold the water. The minute you squeeze it, all the water goes out. So that was the first so thing. So squeezing that... is holding, controlling, um, absoluting. Yeah. That's not a word, but I'm making it up. Opening your hand is being open and available and allowing. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, this is mine, this is my water. What happens when you squeeze water? Mm -hmm. It's gone. So, and that is a good visual for you guys, but it's the truth. Like, let's talk about with our kids. The more you control or think you're controlling, let's talk about something simple. Like, you're the one who decides what they're going to wear every day. Yeah. I'm going to control what you wear. Right. You know, every day I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to decide that doesn't match. This matches. You're going to wear this. You're going to wear this. You think you're like, okay, so I'm going to make their fashion sense. That's when the rebellion is going to occur. Maybe yeah. not at two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe not even at eight, but there's going to come a point where they are going to go so the other way yeah. and they're going to say, stop, you know, why? Because that's human nature. Yeah. So the more control you have, the less, now you've lost all ability to give your input. Yep. 
because they're like, I don't even want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, clothes is like a, uh, a safe it, thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, but we know this from, you know, how we talk to the people we love. You know, the when you have a, a partner or a spouse or maybe even your child, your teenager, and you're like, you have to text me everywhere that you are, everywhere you go. Tell me where you are, you know. Then that's when your child or your partner is going to figure out how can I like get get away get away from that get out of this leave my phone at a different or, place or be deceptive exactly or manipulation yeah. and then you've lost control in a different way because now you've lost trust mm-hmm. so you keep holding on to the water so tight and it's slipping through your hands yeah and so the more you try to control the less you have so okay so that was we, a good one good okay That's a good start the next one as soon as you give it up. You can have it all. How do we say that in terms of parenting? Give me, because I like the examples that could, that helps me understand these paradoxes. Yeah. As soon as you give it up, you can have it all. Yeah. Give what up? Well, anything. What are we talking about? Um, as soon as you quit thinking, you have all the answers. You, Every answer under the sun is now available to you. Up. As soon as you quit thinking you're right about everything... You're going to hear more right things from so many different people that you never had room for. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you hear those right things, you're more informed anyways. Instead of, you know, talking, expressing your opinion, if you listen to others, they get more, you know, more intelligent. And since you said that, here's another paradox for you. The more you learn, the more you realize how little you know. Yeah. Don Henley. The more I know, the less I understand, even if, even if. You don't love me anymore. You forgot the next line. You oh, skipped, did I? Yeah, you Whoa. skipped. Why don't you go play that? Because that's a great song. Uh, um, I don't know if you're going to be able to find that called? exact verse. The Heart of the Matter. Heart of the Matter. Sweetie, sing it for me while I'm no. looking for it. You know what? Sometimes I sing along with you, but when you tell me to sing, I don't want to because you know why, sweetie? The more you try to control, the less control you have. That's right. That's why. This isn't it, is it? It's a live version, yeah. I hate live versions. Do what are you talking about? You hate live versions. You're the one, you're Mister Live. I know, but for, if we're trying to have somebody listen to the vocals, oh, okay. sometimes it doesn't come up that good. Got it. That well. Todd's Mister. Oh, same one. Like whenever we, and this is maybe earlier in our lives, but he always wanted the acoustic version of every album. He's like, I. <laughs> You play the same thing. None of them say live. It's just what's going on. Why don't you do it on iTunes? Why don't you do it on iTunes? You do it on iTunes. So did you hear the line? I missed a... All the things I knew, I'm learning again. Oh. Right that, after. Is that the line that I missed? Yeah. Oh. So, thanks, Don. Yeah, I like that album. I'm not really a Don Henley guy, but I like that album. I am a Don Henley guy, and but I remember when I... Or I'm, I'm a girl. I am a Don Henley girl. But I remember when I would say I loved Don Henley, people would say, 
say negative things about him. I think and he has. Uh, does he have a bad reputation? A reputation of being high maintenance, whatever. And I never believe that stuff. You know, until I meet the man, I'm not going to buy into the, the fact that like he's a jerk. You don't know who said it. You yeah. know, where it got perpetuated. Do you remember Sunset Grill? Down yeah. at the Sunset, Sunset Grill. Grill. That reminds me of like Glenn Fry, though. Is that an Eagles thing? Or no, is that it? was uh, Don Henley. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's all, I mean, it's his voice as Eagles. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Anything, anytime you hear him. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, that was going off of the more you learn, the more you realize how little you know. And that's the case. I mean, that's the thing. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is accepting the paradox. Wisdom is appreciating that paradox even exists. Mm-hmm. You know, today I was having a conversation with my girlfriends at a brunch and we were talking about when you're in your 20s, you know, a lot of people that we work with or have worked with who are in their 20s are very absolute and black and white about what they think is right and wrong and what people should do and shouldn't do. And I was the same way. And the thing that comes with maturity and growing up is is the wisdom to understand that not everything is black and white, that sometimes Sometimes you do do this and make this choice because you have to for other reasons. And sometimes something that you couldn't even consider in your 20s becomes absolutely necessary in your 30s. And and it's that – it's, again, let's go back to water. It's that fluidity. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can have – again, I'm going back to integrity. You can have a moral code. It's not about that you're – um, you know, you're disappointing everybody and, and flip-flopping on everything in your life, even though I don't even like the idea of flip-flopping. I think of it as growth. Right. Um, but that's the thing is that sometimes something you once believed, it's like you're open to the fact that maybe I wasn't right about that. And maybe there's nothing wrong with the fact that I wasn't right about that. Maybe I needed to be right about that then. Mm-hmm. And now I have the tools and awareness and maturity to understand that I can evolve that thinking. Yeah. Well, the minute that you think that you're, you got anything figured out and you're not open to anything, yeah. then you're kind of – I just don't think that that is – for me, the definition of intellect, the definition of intellect is not having all this information with certainty. It's not knowing. Yes. Growth, you know. And it's being able to see all the sides. You know, Todd and I talked a couple weeks ago about being a bridge builder. And, you know, when you're feeling people are divisive in your family, in your community, in your country, who are you going to be in that situation? Are you going to are you going to at least try and understand and appreciate appreciate and reach out? And so let's just stick with family here. Are you going to say, you know what, your family, I love you. I know we disagree about this. I know this is a challenge, but there's another way. A bridge means finding that path across. Mm-hmm. It may not be everything. And maybe, you know, maybe this is a family situation where you don't want to have lunch with them every week. And maybe you don't want to have them over for Thanksgiving. But are you going to choose hate? Well, and this is actually a perfect um, segue okay, into good. what it is that I want to talk about. So we had our uh, men's group tribe meeting last Wednesday. And my partner in crime, Frank, came up with the topic of as we're going, you know, we're recording this on December 18th. So we're seven days away from Christmas. And Christmas you know, for hopefully most is filled with joy and love and all that good stuff. But also um, what happens to a lot of us is we go back to see, you know, birth family, extended family. And sometimes that doesn't go as well as it could. And what we focused on in our tribe meeting is for us to recognize patterns. So like if you always struggle with Aunt Susie Mm -hmm. about this thing, about maybe she's disparaging towards your wife or Uncle Tom believes in something different Mm -hmm. um, politically or Mm -hmm. whatever. And, you know, you always get, you know, triggered and it happens every single year. What we did was, um, one, 
we did a little exercise to try to get ourselves and even have the awareness is, do I have these patterns? Mm -hmm. Are there these patterns? Because you can't control Aunt Susie or Uncle Tom or anybody. You can only control yourself. So a lot of it is personal responsibility, which is something you and I talk about all the time. And to recognize these patterns and then to try to do something different. Bridge building is one of those perfect ways of doing it. You know, I remember I was working with a client uh, as a coach and she, she's like, I know I'm going to have a problem with this or that, uh, with whether it be with her mom or whatever. And I actually said, why don't you try doing the opposite of what you would have done earlier? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the ops could be like, you know, maybe, you know, you get provoked and you provoke right back. Well, instead, maybe you compliment that person, like do the opposite of what it is. Remember non-complimentary behavior? Yeah. Remember our podcast about that? Right. Like it, for you guys who don't remember, non-complimentary behavior is it, it takes some self-awareness and, and a little extra energy because basically what you're doing is going against maybe your natural biology, which is if someone reacts towards you a certain way, and we'll just say negatively. Yeah then you have to have the self-awareness to know that you can shift the energy by choosing a different emotion to come back with. Because our nat, our, I don't want to say natural, our biological response is if you are reactive and negative toward me, I am negative toward you. I do the same behavior you do. Non-complimentary is I'm going to do the opposite Mm -hmm. behavior. You're going to come at me and I'm going to be calm. This is what we talk about in parenting. Because then your child does what? Calms down. And so your client is like, okay, I can either rev this up yeah. or I can dissipate this. Right, exactly. So anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. And uh, it was a wonderful meeting we had, and it gave us a lot of awarenesses. And we actually had some fun with it as far as how we taught it. So, Well, and let's just say, you know, as you're heading into the holidays, is that how about emotional leadership again? You know, you're going to go into the holidays and you're going to be like, this person's going to drive me crazy. This person's going to do this. I can't believe this is going to happen. My kids are going to be overstimulated. There's going to be sugar, blah, blah, blah. So you're going into it already knowing that there is going to be some version of chaos, little or big. How are you going to be an emotional leader in that situation? And 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 it could be different for all of you. Mm-hmm. I don't have direction for all of you. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself. But in, if you're going to say, well, everybody else is this way, so I'm just going to be this way. Or are you going to practice what you wish other people were practicing? And you may say, but none of them are doing it. Well, you know what leaders do? Mm-hmm. They lead. Yeah. They do something different. Yeah, you don't you don't lower yourself to what the common denominator yeah. is. You rise above it if you can. And only way to do that first is with an awareness that that's where you want to go. That's the outcome that you want to have. And and let's go back to Jason Seaver and my vision board. Create meaning from it because you may leave and maybe everybody else doesn't shift. You guys, Todd and I have suggestions, but we don't know how it'll play out for you. Meaning that there's no like, I'm not giving you some magic, you know, wand where if you do this, everything else will fall into place. No way. We're talking about humans here. What I know can work is if you are an emotional leader and you do something different and you create meaning, you will feel better. Right. And if you feel better, there's a much higher probability that the people around you have the opportunity to rise to your energetic level. Mm -hmm. It may not happen. Or it, it may not ever happen, or it may not happen until the sixth time. You know, we yes, always, yes. We, we say some things like kill them with kindness. Yes. Somebody's mean to you, kill them with kindness. Yes. And with that, you know, maybe the language isn't the best, but take the high road. And, and you know, if somebody's like, well, I tried that once. Well, it may it take again. more than once. You know what my, one of my things that, that I've been saying to myself uh, all week, and what? I love this, fall down seven, 
get up eight. Mm. Fall down seven times, mm. get up eight times. Yeah. When people are like, I'm done. And again, I do that sometimes yeah. <laughs> because that's our, that's our time when we realize something's not working. Yeah. I'm done. So you really are done with that version of it. But you know what? You got to find a new version. Well, remember, um, I, I, we laughed about this because I've been listening to a lot of Tony Robbins. And he said, uh, you know, he'll, he'll see somebody who's overweight and they'll say to him, uh, I've tried everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, really? What, what have you tried? She's like, well, I haven't tried. Because if you tried everything, you would have gotten the body that you want. Right. Well, I haven't tried everything, but I've tried thousands of things. He's like, okay, what's, what's the, what are the thousand things that you did? Well, maybe not a thousand, but I've tried like a hundred. Well, tell me the hundred. She's like, finally, he'll ask and ask and ask. Finally, like, well, I, I actually tried two things that didn't work and then I stopped. I right. quit. It's one of those things like you have to keep trying and modifying and growing and evolving and looking at things. Um, and if it's really something that you want, don't let anything get in the way. You, you want to get along with your family? Say that you must get along with your mm-hmm. family. Don't say, well, I tried that two years ago with Uncle Tom and Aunt mm-hmm. Susie and it just didn't work. Come up with something different. And let me take this another level. Revise what it means to get along in your family. Don't create a storybook version of everybody's going to get along and everything's going to be perfect and I'm going to make that happen because you can't make others adhere to your vision. You create new meaning about what it means to get along in your family. Like I have um, a friend who she realized that staying the night in her family's um, home was a challenge. That's when everything kind of fell apart is when they would have a night and things would, you know, would happen. And then she had nowhere to go. Right. So she would end up like in her room, in her bedroom, and they'd be like, why don't you come out? And she was so done. So her version, her new way to create meaning and to, you know, to make a shift was I'm going to go home and get along with everybody. And then I'm going to have a hotel room. Yeah. So when I'm ready to go, I say good night, everybody. And I leave on a good note. And then I'll role play and they'll be like, like somebody like, well, I can't do that because I've always stayed at my parents' house. And if I do that, then what will they think of me? And then you have to decide, well, what do you think of having another argument tonight or self-betraying? Right. Because self-betrayal is when you are willing to cause yourself pain mm-hmm. because you're too afraid of what other people might think. Right. And this is the new level of empowerment that I am seeking. Yeah. And when and I, I talk about this because Todd knows me very well, and I'm very challenged with that. I'm always very thoughtful, sometimes to a fault, about how is everybody else feeling about this. And part of that is because of being empathetic, which is a good thing. Here's yeah. the paradox. It's one of my greatest gifts and my biggest detriments yeah. is that I can feel how people are feeling. Oh, how beautiful, Kathy. That's great. Okay, that freaking blows yeah. sometimes. Because I walk into a room and I become much more concerned about everybody else. And oftentimes I do things that don't help the situation. I make more of a mess of it. So it's not, not everything's black and white. You have to recognize how do I balance this good and this bad and not self-betray. And also not, here's my other thing that I've been saying a lot to myself. You guys tell I'm working hard here. (laughs) I've been saying, do no harm. You may not agree with people. You may be challenged by this person's perspective. You may be offended by this, but do no harm. You may need to walk away. You may need to say, "Uh, I'm not going to be on social networking for a while. You may need to say no to a friend, but do no harm. We cause problems when we decide that somehow something isn't going well for us, and so then we retaliate. Mm -hmm. That word, retaliate, it's such an energy to me of negativity. How do I 
not betray myself, but do no harm. And going back to my girlfriend, she goes home and she's with her family who she loves. She shows up and loves them. And then she decides, if I stay longer, it could be harmful for everybody, for whatever reasons she has. And she, to do no harm, she spends the night somewhere else. And then she comes back in the morning. Yeah. And they may the first time say, oh, that's ridiculous, or why would you do that? And maybe they are offended the what first her, time. What, but the, the essence of what they're, what the, in this instance, what the family wants, you know, the, the shortcut would be, well, we just want her here at, at whatever cost. Whatever cost. But really what the family wants is her best self. And this is the way for her best self to, to show, show up. up. And the first time they may not get it. Bravery and courage comes in that first time. Yeah. Because when, who doesn't, what don't people want? change. Right. They want it to be the same, but you always stay the night. You stay the night all the time. I got another paradox for you. And that'll be the last one because we're an hour in. The only constant is change. Mm-hmm. So for you to think that things aren't ever going to change is crazy. Yeah. Things change constantly. That's the only constant. And so, in, and at the same time, it's change. Like it's paradox is the best because it really, talk about a brain workout. Like wrap your head around these things that we've said you know, on this podcast, like they're, you really, they are, they help you be more Mm self-aware by recognizing you're just not always right. And you are absolutely not always wrong. You're both sometimes simultaneously right and wrong. Right. There not, there is no winner all the time. Sometimes you win, lose. Can I play one of my favorite Pearl Jam lines? Please. There it is, sweetie. That's a paradox. I changed by not changing at all. Yeah. Weird, right? It is. Hold on, real quick. I just want to scream. Hello. And doubts they fade away. All right. Thank you, Eddie. I changed by not changing. How about what they named that song? Elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. I was always like, why? Why must? Why not, sweetie? Well, you know, that's that is the way of things. I love that. I changed by not changing. And I think what he means by that is everybody changed. Mm-hmm. Like maybe in the small town. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And what he did differently. Was he stayed the same? I've got one for you what that's you somewhat similar. It, it it hit me, came back into my memory when I heard that, is uh, Madonna gave a great speech last week. She, at the Billboard uh, Music Whatever Awards, she won an award, and she gave a great speech. And, of course, she started the speech out really crass, as Madonna tends to do. Here. So what she said is she was talking about how controversial she always was. And she gave all of her examples. And all of you have grown up with Madonna, all of the people, parents listening to us, you know the, all the controversy that surrounded Madonna. Yeah. And, of course, she was pushing the limits and marketing herself and all that kind of thing. But she was also speaking up for herself and that this is what she believed and had her own self-awareness. You know, Madonna came into the world for a reason. And she said, you know, everybody talks about my controversy. And she said, I think the most controversial thing around about me is that I stuck around. Hmm. 
And I was I I just thought that was such a powerful statement because then she went on to talk about the misogyny in the entertainment industry and how people, you know, she would do something and Prince would do something simultaneously and she would be shunned and mocked and called a whore and called mm-hmm. all these awful things and people would, you know, revere Prince. Yeah. And again, he had some of his own backlash. I'm not saying nothing happened to him. But what I'm saying is that statement, I think the most controversial thing about me is that I stuck around. That it just reminds me of I changed by not changing yeah. at all. And they're not identical, right. but it's that same no, feel. You. Yeah. you know, like that makes sense. what people think that is so different about me is the thing that, you know. Yeah. So anyway. Um, our last partner is Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He's a good friend of mine, and he does painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. So if you're interested in hiring my good friend Jeremy, go to avidco.net. He's very good at what he does. So... Um, any, we didn't get any uh, new iTunes reviews. Wah, wah. Uh, wah. And we didn't talk about your books. A lot of people have been buying your books lately. I know. Thank you for people who are buying my books. You got three you of them. You know what? It's really close to the holidays now. Yeah. So if you live close and you're in the Midwest and you like order today, like which is Tuesday, they might get there on time. If you order today, you probably get it by Friday. By Friday. Unless you live in you know, four, a four-day But I really can't guarantee it. So if you really want them this week, I would go Amazon. Yeah, um, that's true. And I have three books, Self-Aware, uh, Self-Aware Parent, Self-Aware Parent 2, and Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn. Yeah. One thing I did want to say yeah. is that at the conference, I'm doing a pre-conference workshop called Self-Awareness and Feminine Power. You guys have no idea how excited I am to do this workshop. I thought I was before. You have no idea. Um, And it's almost full. Uh, So if there was anyone who was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to sign up in January, February, sign up now. Even if you can't afford your ticket to the conference yet or you have some kind of plan, sign up for the conference now because I think I only have five spots. Or, I mean, sign up for the – the, the pre-conference workshop because you can do that without getting your main ticket. Yeah. Um, so go to registration. And it's 50 and bucks. It's 50 bucks. And and honestly, I only have room for yeah. a certain amount of people in there. We went and looked at the room and she's like, you can't yeah. get more people in here. So when it's cut off, it's cut off. And I'll throw a quick plug in for my uh, men's retreat. It's basically a weekend getaway. Um, no wives, no kids, no phones. I mean, you can bring your phone, but we won't be using it much at all. Um, so if you're interested and you're a guy and you want to just disconnect from your life and connect with nature and a bunch of amazing men having authentic conversations, I would love to have you there. Go to the tribe or just email at, uh, Todd at, uh, what's our no, email? Comments at zenparentingradio.com. Thank you. Are you guys going to roast marshmallows? Probably. Can There'll I be fight. We're going to have a fire on Friday and Saturday. Fire, fire. Are you going to bring, um, chocolate and graham crackers yeah if we're doing yeah probably then i, I want to come I, I think s'mores i'm gonna get a lot of heat for this uh marshmallows are overrated s'mores i just give me the chocolate i don't need the graham cracker and i don't need the marshmallow just give me the chocolate oh God, that's so boring you're boring do you know what the you know what the word s'more means it's a abbreviation for some more yes I give me that. s'more give me s'more um, and uh, I'm going to close with a Madonna song mm. because it's the holidays. Is it Santa Baby? Oh, no internet connection. Wah, wah. What happened to our internet connection? Not in my ear. I don't know. It just kind of comes in and goes out. You know what? Today's the cold, cold day. Yeah. And the Bears didn't win. Ugh. Bears are finding really interesting ways to lose games. And they almost beat the Packers. I know. Come on. 
Packers. Not a fan. Not a fan of those Packers. Some people are, though. Many people. I yeah. think they're America's team. Really? Cowboys used to be America's team, but now I think it is the um, Packers. Didn't you want to name, like, your a book, um, the Cowboys or something? What was that What was that you wanted to name your textbook? That was the... That was the Whatever, the spelling teacher in third grade. It's a long story. I don't want to bore them with it. Well, I will just say that there is a teacher who said, what should we call this book? Because we can name it something. And Todd wanted to name it. The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. I like the Cowboys in the 70s. Danny White, Roger Staubach, Tony Dorsett, but to- you, Tony Hill, Drew Pearson. You didn't win. What did they end up calling the book? The Way of the World. <laughs> So we got to vote, and I'm like, oh, let's call it the Dallas Cowboys. And um, so all the boys voted. And I think what happened was it's when the Steelers and the Cowboys were really good at the same uh-huh. time. So it was a split vote. Some of the boys went for the Steelers. Some of the boys went with the Cowboys. And all the girls went with the way of the world. That's So are you blaming the girls? No, I'm blaming us guys for not being unified. There you go. And not, Responsibility. Yeah. Personal responsibility. Can they both be true? Yes. Uh, I'm triggered with mature men acting immaturely. I know. And I I act immaturely sometimes. I act a little immature last night, as a matter of fact. That was fun. Yeah, you were a little immature. So, um, sorry, no Madonna song, because my internet broke. So Well, Well, you know what, sweetie? You know what they say. Um, People who talk the most say the least. And people who say the least talk the most. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up now. All right. Um, have a wonderful day. Ha- Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. All that good stuff. Yes. Um, we love you all. Thank you for listening. We hope you have a very peaceful week. And we'll be back soon. Keep trucking. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also just tell a friend about our show. That's our favorite kind of marketing. Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen Parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And get your early bird tickets for our big Let's Get Real Zen Parenting Conference February 24th and 25th at the Westin in Lombard. Todd and I will be speaking Friday night, and we have Rob Bell, Rosalind Wiseman, and Ali Smith as our keynotes on Saturday. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. (laughs) On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals. The website is toddadamscoaching.com. And we also have a monthly men's group. So if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out the tribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop on Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you want an amazing vehicle to teach your kids about money management, go to the lower right-hand side of our homepage and click on the FAMZOO logo and enter Zen Finance as a promo code. I want to give a special thanks to our three partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, John J. Kelly Dentistry, and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking.